So I told you guys we're going to start uh, tonight and over the next four Wednesdays that we meet together, we're going to be looking at the, this, this idea of Advent. And if you, if you know anything about Advent, these candles mean something to you. You also see them up there, kind of. The, the picture is kind of a little cut off. But, um, but, but, you know, usually people associate Advent with these candles. And, and so, you know, what we're going to look at is really what... Advent is about, what it's for, and what each of these candles represents. So first, what, what you may or may not know is Advent is a time of expectant waiting and preparation for the celebration of Christmas, right? Like, you know, like when you were a kid and, you know, you couldn't wait for Christmas. Like, it was so exciting when Christmas morning would be there. Like, it was this, this magical time Almost like December seemed like it took so long because you're just like waiting for it to get to Christmas, right? That's what Advent is supposed to kind of embrace is like this adult level of being excited about Christmas and what it stands for. And it's, it's this, this sense of expectant waiting for, for Christmas. Now, the, uh, the Latin word, the Latin root for Advent, it means coming. Like we, you want to talk about like God coming in the form of a baby, right? Like is this idea of what it means for Christmas. Like you, you've heard people say Christmas is coming, right? Like that's what Advent is, is this idea of expectant upon what's coming. And so <clears throat> the time, the, the, this time to focus on Christ coming to bring us salvation is what this idea of Advent and what Christmas is all about. And, and when we look at and we look at this idea of, of Christ coming to bring us salvation, we really look at it in really three phases, right? Is Christ coming in the flesh, which is what we celebrate at Christmas, Christ coming into our hearts, which is this idea of salvation, and then the last one is the idea of Christ coming in glory, right? And that is what you read about in the book of Revelation and stuff like that. And, and this is a time, that this, this Advent season, this Christmas season is really a time to be grateful for the two comings that we've experienced and to long for that third one, the, the, the coming in glory. And, and so when we look at the Old Testament, and I know a lot of people don't teach the Old Testament maybe as much as they should, but when we read in the Old Testament, we, we see over and over again this great deal of anticipation uh, with the Messiah's birth coming, right? Like that's what... That's what the, all the prophets of the Old Testament were excited about. That's what they talked about was who's the Messiah going to be? What are the signs going to be like that? They were excited about this. <clears throat> and, and the purpose of Advent is really for us to channel or, or, or really to to put on the shoes of the Israelites as they were expecting uh, this this idea of the coming of the Messiah. Right. It, it, this is really a chance for us to be like, hey, we're waiting for the coming of the Messiah. We're in the same place that the Israelites were long ago. And that's what Advent is really supposed to embrace. And so it's made up of four candles uh, representing the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And that's why we're doing the four candles on the four Wednesday nights leading up to Christmas. You guys get what I did there. But it's, it's really designed to be these four candles representing the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And then it's got the one candle in the middle that's called the Christ candle. And it's supposed to be lit on Christmas Eve uh, to symbolize 
the coming of Christ, right? Like that's what this whole thing points to. And that's what the final uh, candle lighting is all about. So tonight we're going to talk about the first candle. I'm going to light the candle as I tell you. I get to play with fire. Yeah, there we go. So the first candle, the first candle is the candle of hope. And this was the, the hope that we just saw a video on and the, the hope that we, we think about, uh, the hope that we have in Jesus. When I, when I think of the word hope, how many of you guys like English? Like not the language, like the class, right? Like, okay, no one. Thank you. We're all on the same page. Okay. Yeah. You don't count. One person doesn't count. Okay. No, but... The class, like who likes to go to English class and learn about pronouns and subjects? Okay, well, you guys are wrong. Okay, 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 no, I'm a math and science guy. I love math. I love science. I hate English. Okay, I don't understand it. I don't care to understand it. But what I do know about English, (coughs) hear me out, guys. What I do know about English is hope is an interesting word because it can be used in two different forms uh, or what are they called? Parts of speech. uh, Hope can be used as two different parts of speech. It could be used as a verb, as in like, I hope that something will happen. Or it could be used as a noun, as in, I have hope, right? Like I have hope in Jesus. Like that's something you possess. So it'd be a noun. Now the verb form of hope means almost a wish that something will happen, right? If I say, man, I really hope that someone else walks through that door right now. That's, that's a wish, right? Like I would wish that someone else would walk through that door. And the noun form, on the other hand, means a feeling of expectation, right? Or a desire for things to happen. Like I, I have hope that you will come to church, right? Like I, I, I express excitement and ex- expectation in the fact of you coming to church, right? That's what this idea of having hope means. <clears throat> so with that said, we're going to look at the four phases of this noun type of hope. This noun type of hope is what we have in Jesus, right? It's this expectation of Jesus to do amazing things in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And so what we're going to look at tonight is we're going to look at the four of phases of hope that we have in scripture. So um, first place we're going to be, I don't know how many of you guys have your Bibles. If not, I hope you're taking notes and you can write down every, every, all the, uh, the verses that I say and you can look it up later to make sure I'm not making them up. Uh, but the first hope that we have in the Bible is actually in Genesis. It's in the first book of the Bible and it's Pretty quick in Genesis. It's in Genesis 12, 2. And this hope comes from God to Abraham, right? Like, you ever sing the song when you're a kid? Like, Father Abraham had many sons. Like, okay, we know that song. So this is Abraham, right? So God brings hope to Abraham in Genesis 12, uh, verse 2. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing, right? So all of a sudden... Abraham's thinking, if you know the story, Abraham's thinking that he, his, his life is never going to amount to anything. He doesn't have any kids, right? He's, he's not going to matter in, in the grand scheme of like humanity. And God says, no, Abraham, 
I will make you into a great nation. See, God gave Abraham hope that what he was experiencing at that time would not ultimately be the result of what his life would be. Um, Back then, the hope that they had was hope for life, right? This idea of, of a hope for a life that mattered. And it was a hope that could be found in God alone, right? A lot of times we can put hope in ourselves. Like we can say, hey, I know that I can come through in this moment. Like I know that I can fulfill this thing. I know that I can accomplish this goal. And we can put our hope in ourselves. But back then, all they had was a hope in God. And a hope that God would see them through and would guide them through. Another name for this candle, another way to describe this idea of a hope in God alone is, is a, described as a hope, um, hope from prophecy. Now, if you guys don't know what prophecy is, prophecy is, is a prophet or someone being prophetic, basically saying that they, um, that they have been told by God what is going to happen in the future. Right? Like that's what a prophet is. And so back then they had the hope of prophecy. And so this candle, while it's called the candle of hope, is also referred to as the candle of prophecy. And this was because the prophets of God began to tell of the coming of the Messiah and it began to bring hope. Right. Like you would imagine if if all your hope that you had in your life was to be found in God and there was essentially no God to be found. Um, so a lot of people like, I mean, you hear people say all the time, like, well, if God's real, then why can't I see him? Right? Like, this is what the Israelites were going through was this idea of God isn't really there. And, and so if all your hopes in God and God's seemingly not there, someone's saying, Hey guys, God's coming. The Messiah is coming. That's going to bring hope, right? Like, do we understand how that, how that relationship happened? And so this prophesying of of the coming Messiah was something that brought hope to the people. Psalms 135 says, 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. The hope of the Israelites for generations was placed in waiting on God or waiting on the Messiah to come. So let me tell you guys this, just a little like history lesson about the Israelites. So prior to Christ's birth, things were really bad. Like people had began to turn from God. There was sin everywhere. Like the world was in bad shape. It was in desperate need of a savior. People of the time who who did believe in God, uh, they were eagerly awaiting the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Christ. It was where they placed their hope. They studied God's words, eagerly looking for information on the Messiah's birth. The, The Old Testament is filled with prophecy of who, what, when, and where Christ would be born. If you ever read the beginning of the Gospels, and you read all this stuff about like all the names of like the of Jesus's like great 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 grandfather like and it lists all the relatives down and you're like why in the world is in here? The reason that's in there is because it's all fulfilling prophecy of the Old Testament. So when people read it, all this stuff they had been hopeful about and all the stuff that they had been looking towards was fulfilled in those words leading up to Christ's birth. The Israelites were were borderline, I don't even want to say borderline, they were obsessed 
with the coming of the Messiah. They knew every prophecy. And so when they read a book that said so-and-so had a kid named so-and-so who had a kid named so-and-so, they're going, wait a minute, this matches up because I know everything there is to know about the Messiah and this stuff's starting to line up. The stuff's in there because it fulfills prophecy and proves Jesus is who he says he was. And if Jesus is who he says he was, then we move into our next phase of hope or our second. So we had hope in God, which was the first one. Then we had hope in prophecy. And so then we move in. If Jesus is truly who he said he was, then we, then we have the next step, which is hope of salvation. <clears throat> now for us, this, this biblical idea of hope, this word that we use of hope, could almost be interchanged with a word that we use a lot more frequently. That word is faith, right? How many of you guys would say like, I have faith in God? Like, right, we, we, we use that word frequently. We, we have hope in the fact that Christ rose from the dead to atone for our sins and therefore that's where we place our faith, right? And, and so hope and faith are very strongly connected. And I'm gonna read you guys a couple verses uh, that, that talk about this type of hope. If I can hit it right in my Bible here. Okay, just tear on me, why don't you? There we go. First Peter 1, 21 says, Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Let me read that again so you understand this connection here. It says, Through him, through Jesus, you believe in God who raised Jesus from the dead and glorified him. And so now your faith and hope are no longer in Jesus. They're in God. And so when we look at this comparison between the Old Testament and when they put their faith solely in God and this New Testament where a lot of times we say, all my hope is in Jesus, right? We just sang that song. Like our hope is in Jesus, but ultimately because our hope is in Jesus, our hope is in God. And so when we look at this idea of, of where we place our hope, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read you guys one more verse. 1 Timothy 4.10 <clears throat> says, We have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. Guys, this idea of faith is hope. This idea of faith in Jesus, believing that Jesus came to earth and was born as a baby on Christmas. That's what we're looking forward to. And then this idea that we believe that he was the son of God. And that he lived a perfect life. And he died for our sins because we can't live a perfect life. We call this faith. But it's really hope. It's a hope that we have in God. We see scripture tell us again and again. But just as the hope. Of God, the hope in God for the Israelites led to a hope in prophecy. The hope in salvation for us leads to our final faith or our final phase of hope, and that's a hope in glory. Do, do we see that connection there? The Israelites had a hope in God and a hope in God alone. And when the prophets started talking, they had a hope in, in Jesus. Right? They begin to have a hope and prophecy pointing towards Jesus. And now that we have salvation, 
<clears throat> I understand that a lot of us like are, you know, we like life, right? Like life's cool. We don't want to die. Like we understand this. Life's a good thing. But if we have what we know we have in Jesus Christ and we know we have salvation in Jesus Christ, guys, we should be looking forward to a glorious reunion with God. And so that's what, when we have hope in Jesus, it points towards, if we have hope in salvation, it points towards this hope of glory. I'm going to read you guys one more verse. It's in Titus uh, 2, verses 12 through 14. It says, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in our present age while we wait For the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? This is not a secret that that we have hope and that that we desire for Christ to return. Right? Like that seems like a scary thing to us. And I'll admit that I'm right there with you guys. Like a lot of times I'm like... But, but God, I just had kids and I really want to watch my kids grow up and I, and I love my kids. But, but ultimately, we all have things that we would look forward to. But guys, nothing in this life is better than being in, with God in eternity. And so we should all be adamantly pointing towards and adamantly putting our hope in that Jesus will return and, and that he will call our name and we will spend eternity uh, with God. Now, now let me let me ask you guys, and, and if you don't believe me, that we're at a point to where we desperately need a return of Christ, so we need Christ to come in glory. Let, let me tell me if these statements sound familiar. <clears throat> prior to Christ's return, the Bible tells us this. Prior to Christ's return, things are going to get bad in the world. The world is going to be in desperate need for a savior. The the people of that time will be eagerly, anxiously awaiting the coming of Christ. Some will even be obsessed with gaining knowledge about the the coming glory. And it's where they will place their hope. They study God's word looking for information on the Messiah's return. The Bible is filled with prophecy of how God will return. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but everywhere you look, you can find a study on Revelation. Like people are obsessed with learning more about Jesus returning. We find ourselves in this same position that the Israelites were in prior to Christ's birth. We can actually identify with the people of that time and how they desperately were waiting for Christ to come. Think of this celebration we will have when Christ returns, right? Like when when Christ comes back and we join him in heaven, we will be rejoicing forever and ever. This is why we should celebrate this Christmas season. Not because of the Christmas lights, not because of the presents, not because of anything else, but because we know Jesus and we have hope that he is coming back for us one day. And and we know that we are like those anxiously awaiting Christ's birth. We, We are waiting for Jesus to come and we are eager to celebrate that with him. That is why we should celebrate Christmas is because we're essentially celebrating this coming of, of Jesus again that will one day occur. So as we walk through these candles, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see these different aspects of what the Christmas season is all about. 
But I think before we do anything else, we have to start with hope. We can't go past hope because that is the foundation of what Christmas season is built on. Is this hope that we have in Jesus. This hope that we have in salvation. And, and, and I, I've said a lot of things tonight. And, and I know that some of you guys might be out there going, okay, you, you like said a lot of scary things and like blew my mind a little bit. That's okay. Because I, I want you guys to learn this. And, and if no one ever tells you this and blows your mind with it, then you're never going to learn it. I want you guys to understand. I want you guys to learn what it means to have hope in Jesus Christ. I want you guys to understand what it means to have hope in salvation, what salvation is. And, and I hope for everyone in here that you've experienced salvation and that, that you've called upon Jesus Christ and said, God, I know that I'm a sinner and that, that, that you sent Jesus to die for me in my place. What we've been talking about tonight, if it, when we admit that to God and, and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the hope and salvation we have. And I pray that everyone in here has experienced that so that we can all together celebrate this Christmas season in a hope of the coming of Christ again. Guys, I, it's hard for me like, to, to put into words. Um, this, uh, this is a little bit off, off topic, but <clears throat> the relationship between a youth pastor and his students is, a, is kind of a, a unique one. And, and it's really hard for me to put into words um, how I feel for you guys. Because um, it sounds almost like creepy. I've, known, I've only known you guys like three weeks to be like, I love you guys. But I do. Like, I, I care for you guys. That's my job is to care for your, your spiritual health, your spiritual well-being. And, and that, that's such an intimate thing that it's, it's very much tied to what, as humans, we associate with this idea of love, this this idea of caring for you guys and wanting the best for you guys. And so you'll hear me frequently say that I love you guys. And I don't want that to be creepy because I really do love you guys. Um, and I care for you and I want what's best for you. And, and, and I know that the place we have to start, it's, it's, like, it's like when you have a newborn, you know, you love them and, and you know they have to start somewhere. Like you have to crawl before you can walk, before you can run, before you can like ball up like I did. Um, but... I'm wanting to help you guys start to crawl. If you've never experienced this idea of salvation, like I care for you and I want to help you experience that so we can take the first step in you growing spiritually. <clears throat> so if, if you're sitting here tonight and, and you're not sure about your standing with God, like if, if Jesus came back tonight, you weren't sure if your name would be one that was called, that you've put your hope, your true hope, in Jesus. Guys, I, I pray and I, and, and I hope that you guys will get that right tonight. That you will find an adult in here. You find me, find Justin, find Peggy, find Kimberly. And, and just find someone to talk to. Make sure that you have this hope and salvation that we talked about tonight. Because it is the most important thing in your life. I want to pray for you guys. This was not a very long lesson. I'm looking at the clock going, where's the rest of the time? Um, 
But I'm going to pray for you guys, and then, then we'll get to hang out a little bit more. Let's try not to, like, destroy everything again like we did earlier. That'd be great. So let, let, me, let me pray for you guys. Let me pray for you guys real quick, and then we'll, then we'll kind of hang out. God, thank you so much for this night. God, I, I thank you. I thank you so much for these students that are here, and I, I thank you for their willingness to be here, their willingness to come here and, and listen to your words and hear the words that you have for them to hear tonight. God, I, I thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. God, I thank you for sending him to die for us. Thank you for that, that atoning sacrifice that he made so that we can have the hope of salvation that we have in this Christmas season, that, that we would understand that Christmas is all about having hope in you, God. We thank you for this, this time of the year to reflect on what it means to be a follower of you. Pray that you would help us to devote this month to understanding your words, to understanding your teachings, to understanding who Jesus is and why he came to do what he did. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this group, in this church, and in this community, God. And I pray that you would just continue to work through these students, that, that you would help them to be a light in their world, God. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.